Welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast. Today, we are hearing from 15 photographers who share the best piece of business advice that they have received to help them achieve a distinctive and sustainable business. Hey, I am your host, Raymond Hatfield, and this episode is brought to you by CloudSpot. When I first signed up for CloudSpot, uh, it was so that I could deliver photos to my clients in a in a beautiful way. Uh, but over the years, I've seen them make some really big investments uh, to bring new features that have honestly made my life easier as a working photographer, like allowing clients to build their own albums or holiday cards. That, oh my gosh, just letting them do it, huge time saver. But this year, this year, they have gone all in on helping photographers earn more while working less by introducing CloudSpot Studio. Now, from the first interaction all the way to delivery and honestly beyond, CloudSpot is the all-in-one solution if you're looking to earn money with your camera. So don't wait. You can actually grab a free forever account at deliverphotos.com and then only upgrade when your business is ready. So today, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are talking about business advice from photographers who have been doing it for a long time. And I really think that you are going to be surprised by what some of them, you know, have to share with you. Uh, but first, I have a, a scary fact. In 2016, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics estimated that the number of jobs for photographers will decline by more than 8,000 jobs by 2026. That's right around the corner. And honestly, with AI, you know, um, generated images, I think that that number, I think it's safe to assume, would more than double. It seems sometimes like the odds are stacked against you. And that's because they are, right? In this situation, they are. We're having less jobs, um, so it's harder to to make a living as a photographer. But trust me when I tell you, if you want it, there is room for you as a working photographer. I promise you. The key is to build a strong business that's, you know, growing a business that is sustainable, one that's going to be around for years and not just something that's going to get you a client today, but one that is going to set you up to get clients years from now. And that's exactly what today's guests share. I mean, they're going to share everything from pricing strategies to how to stand out in a crowded market. So whether you are just starting out or you're looking to take your photography business to whatever that next level is for you, this episode is going to help you plot that path to get there. Now, all of the photographers who you're going to hear from today, I'm going to have a link to their full interview in the show notes of this episode. So if you want to hear more from them, that's where you're going to go. Show notes, and then you can find their full interview. So with that, why wait any longer? Let's go ahead and get kicked off with business advice from Vanessa Joy. I, I have a great answer to this, and I've a million times over given this advice too, because it was one of the best pieces of business advice I ever received. Still don't remember who told me it. Um, but it, every time somebody books your highest package, you raise your prices because they would have paid you more. I can't tell you literally today after I get off this, I have to go raise my prices because to this day, I still take that piece of advice. Um, and the only time I have to say, the only time I faltered is when I moved here to Austin, Texas, about two years ago now. I was scared because I was moving to a different location and I talked to a lot of different photographers and wedding planners here. And they all told me, oh, yeah, like the average price around here is like five, six thousand dollars. High end would be like eight or nine. Um, so I got scared and I was like, well, I guess I have to lower my prices, which is so against like the, the second part to that sentence of raise your prices every time someone books your highest package is you never go back down after that. But I did. Um, and I shot a wedding. It was like for $6,000, $6,500. And I gave them like everything, like a bazillion albums and engagement session and all this. But by the time they were done, they spent over $20,000. And I'm like, you know, let's just, let's just throw away the fact that everybody told me what it is around here. And I'm going to go back to my regular pricing. And if 
nothing else. I'm just going to be known as the most expensive wedding photographer in Austin. And I'm okay with that. I'd rather have that than be thrown into the sea in the mix of where the most amount of competition is right at the top of the bell curve. So I did. Um, and just yesterday I booked a $21,000 wedding right here in Austin, Texas, 15 minutes from my house. And, um, now I have to go raise my prices. What I love about the idea of raising your prices when somebody books your highest package, that means that you have communicated your worth to somebody. It means that you're on the right track. So now it is time to bump that up, to prove your worth even more. In a business sense, you don't want everybody booking your top package because that means it's too valuable for them. It's everything that they want at a price that they can justify. And while that sounds great as a consumer, that limits the door to how much you can earn after the fact. Make offerings for everybody. And when somebody books your highest package, raise your prices. I think that this is obviously as it's it's important even when you've been doing it for for years like Vanessa has, but when you first get started, that's when it's most important. Uh, I remember hearing a photographer once say after every 5 packages booked, then they would raise the prices like 10% or something like that. Um, that way, you, you're never stuck in this, oh, um, you know, is it time to raise my prices? What will people think if I raise my prices? You're already building that plan to growing a business that's going to be around for years. All right. So with that, why don't we go ahead and next hear from Doss Miller. One of the best pieces of business advice that I've used in my business is focus on the experience of your client. I think more important than creating amazing, technically sound photographs um, is the experience that we provide our our client. So that's from the moment they hear about you or see your first thing out in cyberspace to uh, receiving your your entire experience and the final images that you produce. So pay attention to that. You've heard me say it on the podcast before. Photography is less of a product and more of a service. And that service is so important the day of, like while you're actually photographing them. Obviously, there's service before the shoot in terms of communication. There's service at the shoot when you are having FaceTime with them and then service after the shoot as well when you're doing any sort of uh, sales or wrap up or delivery, right? But when you're there in person with them, um, that is so, so, so important. You want to make them feel comfortable. You want to make them feel um, as if, you know, they're doing a great job. They're doing the right things, that they don't look weird, that they, uh, you know, aren't experiencing any of the the weird, um, you know, things that we notice about ourselves that maybe others don't, but we're hyper aware of them. Let them know that they're doing great uh, and that they are in good hands. And oftentimes, I have been in situations where I have screwed something up, you know, whether it be, um, the pose or, um, you know, whatever it is, the photo just doesn't work. But when you're there on set and you don't tell them, Ooh, that's no good. <laughs> like, Oh, what are you doing with your hip there? That, uh, uh-uh, nope. Don't like that. But you tell them, Oh, you look great. This is wonderful. You know, everything's looking fantastic. You guys are doing a great job. We'll make them feel comfortable, less self-aware. And then you know what? You just don't use that photo that you didn't like, you know, focus on that experience from start to finish. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Das. All right. Next, uh, let's go ahead and hear from Melissa Miller. Oh, uh, no relation to Das. One of the best pieces of business advice that I received was from Deanne Bull, and she's a boutique photographer in Colorado. And she talks about that same idea of how your photograph captures not just the picture, but the moment. And so um, client experience being a high priority. Um, I think that that was something that impacted. I, I think that it was something that I was already doing, but I didn't have words for it. The The play throughout the session is, is the, the magic, I would say. It's the experience. 
this was very much in the same vein as what Doss was saying. And in fact, um, my headspace was probably more in Melissa's, um, you know, what it was that Melissa shared than Doss. I think Doss was talking, uh, now that I think about it, more about uh, everything not related to the actual shoot itself, but, you know, making them feel comfortable before a shoot, letting them know that they're in good hands by sending them the right information, uh, maybe calling them and, uh, you know, making sure that you're all set and they know exactly where you're meeting, you know, sending them a text message with a link to Google Maps of how to get to where you're going um, afterwards, maybe sending them a, a sneak peek. Uh, you know, all of those things, uh, whereas uh, with Melissa, especially because she works with children, you know, being there with them in person, that's really the only time that you're interacting with them. Typically, you'd be interacting with the parents uh, before and after the shoot. But still, letting them have a good time, making them experience uh, everything that you have to offer while shooting and making it a fun and magical experience so that they will want to do it again. So that next year, when mom and dad say, oh, maybe we should update our family photos, the kids are like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they get excited rather than everybody being like, oh, man, now we got to go sit at a state park and just, you know, look awkward at a camera while a photographer fumbles with their, you know, settings and uh, makes us feel uneasy, but they're going to be excited and they're going to want to do it. And then they will invest more with you. Wonderful, wonderful tip. All right. Well, uh, this one is from a, uh, a business expert, right? Somebody who's very well known for uh, their uh, business uh, help and advice and running a successful business. Let's go ahead and hear from Megan DePiro. The best business advice I got, I'm going to encapsulate it down to this. This is actually my favorite quote that I made up. Don't be nervous, lead with service. And I got this from one of my friends because when I was going out to do this very big business move, I was terrified of it. I started to get super panicky. And she said, Megan, are you going forth to do this because you want to make a, a name for yourself? Are you trying to really stand out? Is this all about ego? And I'm like, no, nah, of course not. She's like, that's right. Why are you going to do this? And I'm like, I'm going to do this because I have something that I want to give to the world and I want to serve people and I want to make things better. She's like, bingo. And once I realized that if I lean into service, I can't be afraid. If I just focus on other people and look at how I'm going to make their life better, I will always win. But when we get nervous, it's because we're in a place of ego, fear, and we're letting ourselves be first instead of letting the person in front of us be first. You know, um, after shooting weddings for um, 10 years, I had tried a lot of different, you know, business marketing ideas, things that I thought would help drum up more business, get people excited, uh, you know, uh, send me that uh, inquiry uh, so that we can book more so that I can shoot more. But at the end of the day, a lot of those things that I was trying out, when I look at them, honestly, I wasn't doing because it would help the client. I was doing them because maybe they just seemed like a really hot marketing trend at the time. Things like, you know, having a, a Facebook chat bot, uh, which I, you know, in the grand scheme of things was not important. It didn't change the game for me. Um, all of these things that I had tried did not change the game, but the things that I did implement that were leading with service always, always worked and not only that, but um, helped drum up business in the future. So when I thought to myself, I'm going to bring my little Fuji Instax printer to a wedding, print up 10 or 20 photos from the wedding and put it in a, a small uh, DIY album right there at the wedding and then hand it to them at the end of the night. Did it cost me money? Of course it did. Did it take up my time at the wedding? Of course it did. Uh, was it a you know, lower quality product than, than having an album printed by a professional printer. Oops. Yeah, it's an Instax print. It's not known for its image quality. But at the end of the night, when I would deliver it to them, holy cow, their eyes would light up. They would get so excited. They would bring all of the, you know, the bridal party over to look at the photos. They bring the parents over to look at this cool album. Uh, because what it did was that was leading with service. You give them something that... um lets them see that you can be trusted, lets them see uh, themselves in their work and gives them a taste of what is to come. So, so important. Those things always worked and would eventually book me weddings later on, say when a bridesmaid was getting married or, or a groomsman. So 
when in doubt, you know, especially right now, oh, what do I do with, with AI and ChatGPT? Uh, you know, there's so many things that I could do and implement. And uh, if it feels weird, ask yourself, am, am I doing this to serve my client or am I doing this just for me? And that should help guide you. That was wonderful advice from Megan. All right. Next up, let's hear from fantasy photographer Liza Roberts. The best piece of business advice I've ever received is cliche. Like you, you hear it all the time, but it's you're going to lose money before you make money. So like it's okay to, um, you know, go broke. For a bit. <laughs> I mean, like obviously not like, you know, be careful, but it's okay to not like really financially succeed. Um, you're going to succeed before you like, you're going to, it's going to look good, um, on paper before it looks good, like in the bank. Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step and the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. This one is a bit of a slippery slope, right? Uh, I don't think that Liza here is giving us carte blanche to just... uh, buy whatever we want and say, oh, it's for the business, so it's whatever. Um, but, to, you know, trying to say, hey, look, there are going to be things that you need, you know, that need to be better quality than maybe the things that you currently have or that you could buy at just a, you know, big box store when you walk on in there. But there's more specialized equipment. And if that's the case, don't be afraid to spend the money, again, going back to what Megan said, if you're doing it so that you can lead with service. You know, I mean, when I first um, registered my business, had my business bank account going and money was coming in, it was like, holy cow, like I'm making money here and I can use this money to invest in my business. And I would think about all the things that I could buy, you know, Uh, oh, do I need a uh, second camera body? I probably do. Do I need uh, additional lenses? Yeah, I could probably use a few more lenses. Do I need uh, backups to those lenses? Probably not. I probably didn't need to buy a backup 24 to 70. You know, Um, I could get away with some things, but others, you know, you can't. So uh, there's a um, uh, if you ever saw the show Mythbusters a long time ago, uh, one of the guys uh, was a guy named Adam Savage, one of the hosts of the show. And um, he has a, a pretty popular YouTube channel still going on today. And one of the things that I heard him say once was um, when you're buying anything new, Buy the cheapest thing that you can. Buy the cheapest thing that you can. So that when you realize that you use it a lot and it breaks or something, oh, that's what you invest your money in. Now you buy something that you actually um, use, you have working knowledge of, and you know exactly what it is that you want out of it. Whereas if you buy the cheapest thing um, you know that you can, and inevitably there's going to be some things that you just don't end up using... Now you're not out a ton of money. So buy cheap. If it breaks or you need to replace it, then spend the money on it. And I wish that I would have known that advice when I had first got started because, man, I just wasted so much money on just dumb stuff, dumb stuff. So that was wonderful advice uh, from Liza Roberts. So now let's go ahead and hear from uh, portrait and commercial photographer Mark Fox. The greatest piece of business advice that I've received um, it'd have to be something to do with don't stop. Um, even if you, you're going through that down path of photography where you think you're not quite good enough to become a professional, that's the period where you really need to grind and you need to kick through that that barrier. Because once you break through that, you then get a bit of confidence and other people will see you. Um, I always I like to put it in a metaphoric way of if there's a forest fire that's devastating the whole forest, there's always that sprout that comes out and flowers. Um, and I think once you go through the, 
doubt and anxiety of not being a good photographer, that that flower that comes at the end of it comes fresh and can be so powerful in someone's career. So for me, it's very much like don't give up and just power through. If you're in any um, photography groups online, if you're friends with other photographers, especially wedding photographers online, um, the first of the year is probably one of the um, hardest times for you as a photographer because, you know, so many people get married or I'm sorry, get engaged between Thanksgiving and, um, you know, New Year's Day that January is a great time to start putting out your services and let others know that you are available to shoot their wedding and that you would love to chat with them. And again, if you're in the world of wedding photography, you see so many wedding photographers posting nonstop all throughout January. The reason why is because it works. But sometimes um, it appears as though somebody's booking more weddings than they actually are. So when you're posting constantly, 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 and the inquiries aren't coming in you know, multiple every day or even every day. Maybe it's every few days. Maybe in the entire month of January after posting 90 times on Facebook that you're available as a wedding photographer and asking your friends to share your information, you get four inquiries. And that is hard. I mean, that makes you feel like, what am I doing wrong? Because I see so many photographers posting online that, you know, uh, you know, it's December, you know, book me for your wedding. And it looks that it looks as though it's working for them. So why isn't it working for me? And that's a hard feeling. And sometimes it makes you, you know, say, oh, forget it. I'm not going to post today. Like, it doesn't even work anyway. And you kind of get this this skewed view. But like Mark's, Mark said, when things get tough, when you start to encounter these barriers, if you push through them and just keep going and you push through them in a way that, like, it works – and you get out of the other side and you say, oh, wow, actually, I still had a successful year, even though I didn't book a lot of weddings in January. That gives you confidence. That gives you so much confidence so that when next January comes around and you realize, oh, all these photographers are posting, book me, book me, book me. But really, you know, maybe you'll get, you know, six inquiries and you'll book one, maybe two weddings. It's not such a such a hard thing for you to take. That's just kind of the flow that you go through. So when things get hard, really, do not stop. Don't stop. Wonderful advice. Thank you so much, Mark. Next, let's go ahead and hear from photographer Savannah Dodd. The best advice I've received for photography business is to shoot what you love, to really focus on the stories that you want to tell, the themes you want to photograph. Um, and to really follow your passion, because if you're photographing what other people think is good, or you're following some sort of elusive, you know, goal of what the good story is, um, you'll end up just sort of replicating what other people are doing. But if you really follow those passions, I think that that's where you get into creating work that's not only meaningful, but quite creative and quite unique. Just shoot for yourself. It's that simple. It is that simple. You shoot for yourself, you stand out. It's simple, but it is not easy. I know that it's not easy, especially when you are so new to photography and you're wondering, you know, how do I get a look? How do I get a style? How do I make this image known um, that it's mine? How do I do that? It's simple, but it's not easy. It takes time and it takes Lots of shooting. It takes lots of shooting and looking at your work and asking yourself, well, what do I like about this photo? What don't I like about this photo? And then make a list of those things so that going forward, you can start to do more of the things that you like, do less of the things in photography that you don't like and start to build your own personal style, you know, not paying attention to exactly what others are doing because, well, they're already doing it. You know, what's that phrase? Uh, uh, be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. It's very true in photography as well. The more, um, here's a fun story. And actually, I should probably fact check this before I say this. So take this with a grain of salt. But I believe that it was, you know, actually, let me look it up real quick.
Yeah. Okay, cool. I was right. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't crazy about this. So it turns out, I don't know if you knew this or not, but there's about 10 or 12 different versions of the Mona Lisa. Crazy to think of. And they all are extremely similar. And what's crazy is that Leonardo da Vinci didn't paint all 10 or 12 of those, but Leonardo da Vinci had students of his who, you know, were working with him, uh, to learn painting, to learn what it's like to be a painter, to to become a better painter. They were working under him. And the first um, Mona Lisa that was hung in the Louvre was d- discovered later on to be one of Leonardo da Vinci's students' copies of the Mona Lisa, not Leonardo da Vinci's himself. So what does all this mean? It means uh, when you do something enough to where you have your own style, where you put your spin on something. Um, A million other photographers can do the exact same thing, but it's not going to be yours. Once it was, you know, confirmed, which one was Leonardo da Vinci's? How they did that? I don't know. But once it was confirmed, they put up his photo in the Louvre. Why? Was the other one not good enough? No, it was. It was good. It was great. That's why it was hung in the Louvre. But once they discovered that it was... Leonardo da Vinci's, he had a name for himself. He had a style. It was his. They hung it up. You can do the same thing. Other photographers are shooting in the, you know, the exact same subject matter. You have a way of doing it on your own and making it uniquely yours. I hope that wasn't a uh, huge ramble, rambly tangent, rambly tangent. That would have been a good band name in high school, Rambly Tangent. Okay, anyway, uh, next, let's go ahead and hear from commercial photographer Amanda Thomas. The best pieces of business advice I've received is make a plan. That isn't necessarily a business plan because I didn't make a business plan. I just, I dived in and I started. Um, But with regards to where you want to go, on an aesthetic level, you know, do you want to shoot for magazines? Do you want to shoot rock stars? Do you want to shoot cars? Do you want to shoot weddings? What is it that you want to shoot? Put a mark in the sand and work out backwards from that point back to where you are now. Work out a path of what can I do to get there to that point over there? I want to shoot rock stars. So what do I have to do? If you don't know, ask someone, ask for advice. Make a plan for wherever you want to go. What I loved about that is that um, it seems so simple, you know, but again, it's one of those things. It's not easy. It is simple, but it's not easy. You know that you want to be a working photographer. Great. What, is, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, do you want to um, take uh, uh, product photos for some, you know, large company that's just, you know, get it in front of the camera, shoot it, move on, do the next one? Or do you want to uh, create relationships with people? Do you want to, uh, you know, do something that has more meaning to you than just some sort of commercial, um, you know, element of photography? You have to figure out what that looks like for you. You have to figure out where you want to go, where you want to be, what you want to shoot, how you want to shoot it, what your business looks like. And one way that I uh, thought about it that really helped me was the first thing I thought of was, well, what kind of what kind of life do I want to have, like outside of photography? And for me, it was things like, you know, definitely spending time with the kids, um, going to Dodger games whenever they were around us, whether it was Chicago, St. Louis, Cincinnati, uh, you know, uh, Ohio, Cleveland, you know, having the flexibility to be able to do those sorts of things throughout the year and then planning them out. You know, um, our family likes to go and experience new places. So um, what would it look like? What sort of business would I need to have if we wanted to go on, you know, a vacation or two per year? And I wanted to, you know, uh, go see the Dodgers when they were uh, close to Indianapolis. What would that look like? And then I built the business around that to allow me to do that. But if I just thought, oh, I have to work, I have to work, I have to, I have to get more clients, I have to do this, you know, at all costs. And sure enough, wedding lands on a, uh, you know, Father's Day weekend when the Dodgers typically come to uh, Cincinnati. 
Well, now I can't go because I'm working that day. And you're going to be working to work rather than working to live. So whatever the right answer is for you, only you know. But write that out so that you can start to plan backwards and get there. Great stuff from Amanda. All right, next, let's hear from Steve Ralph. Oh, dear Lord. When I first started in photography, I was given, uh, I was starting my business. I was given a business guru and he was useless. <laughs> um, he was, uh, he was, he was slightly older. He was an accountant and he basically said, photography is such a wide subject niche down to something that is for you is uh, the genre of photography is so vast and you can't be, you can't master it all. So niche it down, do what you be the master of your subject. And I, and I think that is, that's quite, um, yeah, I think that's right for everything, really. Niching down is something that we hear from a lot of um, photographers. It's something that, um, you know, is just heard in a lot of spaces online. But I think that there's, uh, it's almost written off as well, because a lot of photographers like to shoot many different, uh, you know, areas of photography, different aspects of photography. Um, but here's the thing. If you want to be in business, people have to know why they would come to you. Can somebody who is a plumber um, do some handiwork around the house? Probably. But when you need a pipe fixed, would you call just like a regular handyman or would you call a plumber, somebody who specializes in that thing? You know, everybody uses the, the doctor example. Um, if you found out that you had a rare heart condition, would you want to visit a doctor who is a specialist in that or just a general practitioner? I mean... <laughs> However, this is photography. It's not life or death. <laughs> but I think that, you know, you can you can you can do whatever you want. But I think that it is smart to niche down in 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 some way, even if it's just uh, in a more broad sense, you know, knowing that, OK, I am a photographer uh, and I do like to shoot all sorts of things. Um, but maybe um, working with families and kids I know is an area where I can make a good amount of money in a relatively uh, short amount of, of, of work time. Um, and I would like to do that and focus on that, be known for that. If somebody comes to you and says, hey, do you shoot weddings? You can say, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, I'd love to shoot your wedding. It doesn't mean that you have to share it. It doesn't mean that you have to advertise yourself for it. Um, so it's like a bonus. But trying to go in some area where the majority of people will know that that is what you're known for will help you in photography. But again, just because you specialize in it doesn't mean that that has to be the only thing that you're allowed to shoot. So I hope I hope that kind of gives some context to this idea of, of niching down. Uh, now, next, let's go ahead and hear from ooh, Mika McCook. My professor, Frank Curry, shout out to Frank Curry, a professor at Austin Community College. He said that we should follow the, the, the triangle, the, the cheap, fast and good pick two. And you can't be cheap, fast and good for everybody. You will you will not be in business for a long time. And yeah, and the numbers also, the numbers don't, uh, the numbers don't lie. So if you look at your business from a numbers perspective, then that will definitely change how you charge people and what you charge people. It's nothing personal. This is just what you need to make in order to run your business. So yeah. Cheap, fast, good. Pick two. I that is like my mod of cheap, fast, good. Pick two. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard this concept as well. Good, fast, cheap. You can only pick two. It can't be good and cheap, and be fast. It can be good and cheap, but it'll take a long time. It can be fast and cheap, but it's not going to be good. It can be fast and good, but it's not going to be cheap. Figuring out which one you want to be, maybe what area you excel in. Maybe you're really efficient. Maybe you're really, really uh, good at, at building systems and being able to, you know, pump people through like school portraits, uh, sports portraits, uh, anything like that, that is more high volume. Um, and that is fast. And, you, you know, most families who are there, you're probably going to have the best luck by um, charging 
relatively low rates compared to if you were to just work one-on-one with somebody. So it can be fast and cheap, but you might have to miss out on uh, the good element, meaning all of your photos aren't going to have that that expressive emotion uh, or moment in them. And that's fine if it makes you the money that you want, if that builds the business that you want to have. But good, fast, and cheap. You can only pick two. Only pick two. So good. All right, let's uh, hear now from Anya Puhlman. I would say the best piece of business business advice I've ever received was to not base my prices on anybody else but myself. Um, So my prices are set the way they are because I include my cost of doing business, which means everything that goes into my business needs to be paid for, all subscriptions, buy a new kit every couple of years or whenever, um, all the tools, books that I buy and my computers and everything. And it can also pay for my life. So if I look at someone else in my area who charges half my price, I have no idea how they came to that number. They could have plucked it out of the thin air, but they also could be um, a stay-at-home mom that doesn't have to work because their husband is a big shot at work and just makes all the money. So Basing your prices based off what you need to live, I think, was the best piece of advice. And I'm still struggling with this because the number is most likely always much, much higher than you think it would be. There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices, and you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com and... As a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. When I had first started shooting weddings, of course, I'm going to look at the other wedding photographers around Indy. And when I would see these photographers, actually, Doss Miller, he was one of the first who I had actually um, noticed uh, his wedding photography here in Indy when I had first got started. Um, and I think he was charging like eight to $10,000. Like, and this was back in 20, probably 13 or so. And I remember thinking to myself, what, <laughs> how in the world does that even make sense? Um, but I was looking at it through completely different eyes. I was looking at the cost that I would have to, like my cost of, of, of shooting a wedding versus I wasn't looking at his cost of shooting a wedding. I was looking at my one Canon 40D with one lens. He had, you know, suitcases full of gear, suitcases full of lighting equipment, probably, you know, very up to date computer so that he could get through things fast. He had, uh, employees that were working for him, second shooters. There's a lot of things going on. So for me to just say to myself, well, he charges 8,000, I could charge 8,000 right away is a very unfair price to charge because it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fit. We're not the same people. We're not, we don't have the same life circumstances. So try to just take a minute and avoid looking at what everybody else is charging. Sit down and write down all of your costs. Like Anya said, what, you know, subscriptions do you have? You got Lightroom, um, you know, you're going to have maybe bookkeeping software, you, you know, all of the things, write all of them down that you may pay for. Write down how much it would cost to upgrade your gear every, you know, five years, uh, the, about the average length of depreciation if you're depreciating your camera gear on your taxes, at least here in the States. Write down how much you want to earn. Write down how many shoots you want to do per year. And then divide it all up. Figure out what the price of your photography has to be in order for you to stay in business. Remember, I mean, 
There might be photographers out there shooting, here's a good example, the Blooms. Philip and Eileen Bloom, you know, they shoot a mini session for, I think, a hundred bucks. And other photographers are like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And yet their average spend on a mini session is $10,000. What works for some people, what you see on the outside does not necessarily mean that it's going to work for you because you don't know their life circumstances. You don't know what they got going on. You don't know what their business practices are afterwards. So don't worry about any of that. Just focus on yourself and your needs so that you can ensure that you're around for a long time to shoot more. Yeah. All right. How about now we hear from uh, photographer Harry Skeggs. The best piece of business advice I have ever received was to put a note on the end of my prices. Um, And that was an odd one for me because I just thought it's insane. Um, But if you don't value yourself, others won't do it for you. So if you you, um, price yourself very cheap, people will think it's garbage. If you price yourself as expensive, people think there must be a reason for that. And it is this sort of odd quirk of the the fine art world, Um, but it is kind of true. You know, you have to believe that you're at this level. No one's going to do that for you. And honestly, it's 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 pretty powerful. It's the same sort of concept as, you know, people can't love you unless you love yourself. And it is that. And it does work. You know, I, and I think it was one of the things which helped me kind of elevate to the next level. For sure. If you don't value yourself, nobody else will do it for you. Holy cow. Seems so simple, but man, that is not easy, right? That's kind of the whole uh, theme today. All these things are simple, but they're not necessarily easy. Oftentimes when we look online, we're seeing a lot of photographers' best works. And we just assume that everything that comes out of them is of that caliber, just great, you know? And we are very aware of all of our mistakes. That's just how we work as humans. We, We see our mistakes very easily. So when we look at another photographer and think all they do is just produce, you know, knockout work and I look through my Lightroom category and I have a keep rate of like one in 10, it seems like I'm faking it. It seems like, man, maybe I'm not supposed to be here. I'm just like really struggling. But again, kind of like what we were saying with Anya, you don't, you don't know their hit rate. You don't know what goes into their images. So value yourself. Value what it is that you do. Take pride in it and value it because nobody else is going to do that for you. Mm, That's hard. That's hard. Well, now I think it is time to hear from Julie Christie. The best business advice I've ever received is keeping things simple, is not adding things, taking things away. Every single year of your business, what can you simplify? What can you take away? And that goes for pricing, products, customer experience points, you know, your marketing, is there anything you can stop doing? So instead of thinking, what else can I do? Honestly, start thinking, what can I stop doing so that you can do the stuff that you enjoy more? You can do that better. You can do more of it. Do what works. Do what suits your skill set. Yeah, take more away. Stop adding stuff. Simplicity. It's funny how uh, we as humans just always want more. We always want to do more. We always want to, in business, offer more. Um, We always see how others have more. Um, We're always thinking about the things that we want. And that can be, you know, very overwhelming to continue to introduce and have more and and, and do more and be obligated, um, you know, for more things that can be extremely overwhelming. So to hear Julie say, you know, just try to make it as simple as possible. In each year, ask yourself, what can you stop doing? I think that's great because oftentimes, at least in my case, I would introduce things just because I thought that it was a good idea. And then I would just continue to do them because, well, I do them. So why would I just stop doing something? But at the end of the year, asking yourself, maybe what, what of the things that I do um, don't necessarily work to bring in business. You know, did I actually book any weddings from Twitter this year that, oh, I didn't. Oh, wow. I actually spend a lot of time writing, you know, I don't know, tweets for my wedding photography business. I don't know, just an example. But if it's not working for you, ask yourself, how can I make this simpler? How can I cut the fat without, you know, 
uh, uh, you know, cutting off my own leg to lose weight. <laughs> so um, figure out what can you simplify? What can you take away? And how can you make uh, an easier business for yourself that is just as impactful and successful? Great tip. Um, okay, let's hear now from Tavia Redburn. I think that this is maybe not business advice that I've received, but advice that I've learned. And that is, I don't have to be the best photographer. I have to be the most persistent photographer. Meaning as long as I continue to show up, whatever that looks like, and I don't give up, I'm going to be successful and I'm going to meet my goals. The only way that I'm going to fail is when I give up. Everything in my life that I've applied this concept to has always like been some of the most successful things that I've done in my life. And one of them is this podcast. You know, th this is not the best podcast in the world. This is not uh, from a technical standpoint, from a, I don't know, research standpoint, uh, from a production standpoint, the best podcast in the world. And yet you, you're tuning in right now. You found it. You're listening. You know, people tell me that they get help from the podcast. They say it teaches them stuff maybe um, uh, in a way that is more, you know, easy to understand than than others. But if I went at this as, at, with the goal of being the best, man, um, that is a lot of, of pressure. So rather than that, I just show up. I just show up. I just interview people. I, I chat with them. I edit those episodes and I share them with you. Could I be doing more with the podcast? Absolutely. Could, uh, are there a million other things that I could do to make this the best podcast in the entire world? Yeah, Absolutely. Or even just better, not even necessarily the best, but just better. Yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, way out is, is being the best, the best, or is being persistent, the best. And there's that quote that success, that 99% of success is just showing up. Who said that? Well, that's another thing I'm going to look up. Let's see. Who said success is just showing up? Woody Allen. So there you go. The guy who has made at least, according to according to Google, if you type in how many movies has Woody Allen made, it just says at least 63. That is so weird. So the guy who has made at least 63 movies says the, you know, success is showing up. Be persistent and then work on perfection as you go. All right. Now, last up, let us hear from wedding photographer Gary Pope. Uh, so the best business advice I probably have ever gotten was um, uh, there's an author out there. He's a business guy called Seth Godin. He uh, has a book called The Purple Cow, where it, it forces, it, not enforce you, but it recommends you to stand out in your market. You want to be the purple cow. People see cows all the time. Uh, and the second they see a purple cow, that's when they'll get interested in it because it's something different. Um, that helped me think a lot and be encouraged a lot and continuing going on with uh, niching down my business. And uh, it's one of the best things I've ever done with my business. So I, I attribute a lot of that to um, uh, his teachings and stuff. Be the purple cow. How can you be a purple cow? What an easy to understand metaphor too, because there's nothing special about the purple cow necessarily. It doesn't make different milk. It doesn't, um, you know, uh, dance. It doesn't jump over a moon. It's simply purple. Its abilities are exactly the same as every other cow. Its offerings are exactly the same as every other cow. But simply because it's purple, it stands out enough that everybody pays attention to it. Man, what could you implement to become a purple cow? What can you do to stand out as a photographer in your genre of photography? What could you do? I hope this episode brought you inspiration. It didn't, you know, get you down uh, like how I started with uh, that statistic about uh, photography jobs uh, declining in the beginning. But I hope that this gave you hope. I hope that hearing from photographers who have made an impact, who um, have had success in business, photographers who are, you know, living their dream of being a working photographer. I hope that hearing from them has given you the inspiration to know that you can do it yourself. You can do it. And remember, 
You know, here's the thing is that I don't want you to to list out everything that every photographer here today said and then immediately go implement it into your business, whether it's starting off or, you know, you're looking to to grow. I don't want you to implement everything because like learning the technical aspect of photography, you really have to know how it works before you can start to bend the rules to make them your own, right? You have to know when the rule of thirds works and when it's just okay. But you have to know how to do it. You have to know how to use it very well before you can, you know, maybe put it, put the, you know, the camera at a bit of an angle, what they call a Dutch angle, make it a little bit more skewed. But you can't know that until you know how to use the tool. Know how to use these tools. If there was one thing today that stood out to you, follow that first. And really get to know it, really figure out how to make it work for you before you, um, you know, start changing things up and bend the rules to make it your own, make your business your own. Now, I have a little gift for you today because I know that there was a lot uh, to hear, to learn, to understand, uh, to uh, remember. So um, I want to give you my free downloadable guide called the six step photography business plan. If you are looking to grow your business, if you're looking to start a business uh, in this free guide, I go over everything that I found important in my wedding photography business. But these work for more than just weddings, really any type of photography. Uh, The six areas, we'll call them, are legal, marketing, communication, pricing and sales, uh, shooting, obviously the technical aspect and the client experience. Many of these things we talked about to actually all of these things we talked about today, uh, except for the legal side of things. But anyway, I go over more of these, uh, all of these uh, steps more in depth in this free guide. So I want to invite you to go ahead and grab it for yourself for free by signing up over at beginnerphotopod.com forward slash four, three, one. That's the number of this episode. Again, that's beginnerphotopod.com forward slash four, three, one to grab your free six step photography business plan. Now that is it for today. I hope that again, you really enjoyed this one, that you found inspiration, that you're going to go out, that you're going to shoot, that you're going to start making progress towards your goal as a photographer. So with that, remember the more that you shoot today, the better of a photographer you will be tomorrow. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast. Keep shooting, and we'll see you next week. 